tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Oh, AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another Falling Skies After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. We have Lauren Lograsso. That's true. And I'm your host, Phil Svitek. And as promised, we have brought Hal from the show, also known as Drew Roy. Well, hello. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, we knew we had to, so many fans were so excited to have you, so we knew we had to deliver. Well, I'm yeah. glad to be back, yeah, because we did this last season and uh, we did. had a blast. That's right. Well, I'm I'm glad you had a blast. So you would come back. Yeah. Um. So we'll we'll obviously kind of you know he'll he'll chime in as we discuss the episode, and then of course we'll have a big Q and A towards the end. So if there's questions, you don't forget to use the hashtag Falling Skies, and uh, Marissa and everyone else will kind of help monitor it, and we'll we'll get those. But Lord knows, uh, Lauren and I have plenty of our own. Yes, we do. Many questions. All scribbled down. I tried to take a peek and I couldn't read it. It's all gibberish. And my brain was just working so fast I could barely get the words out. (laughs) Um, But let's start with uh, overall impressions for for this episode. Um, You know, for me, uh, if if I'm to start it, I I really liked it. uh, You know, kind of, it's a, you know, the episode's called Everyone Has Their Reasons. And, you know, as we get to meet more and more people, and we've kind of slowly been meeting more people... They really do, and not everyone is going to agree with the Mason militia, and so that that presents a problem, and in this case, a huge problem. So I liked seeing kind of the dissection of that, and uh, you know, um, this is this is the old world in terms of uh, procedures, and sometimes they are not always right, and you know that's what Matt with his little diary has been writing down of how to make <laughs> things better. We got to make things better here, but that's uh, I, I like tonight's episode. Yeah, it was intense. If I had one word for it, it would be ouch. I feel like there was a lot of pain in many different ways displayed throughout the episode. Um, Lots of questions were raised from it as well. So I think next episode is going to be very interesting to see how that all plays out. And they had very legitimate questions. I mean, we're claiming to have done all kinds of ridiculous things. Right. So we, we do look a little suspicious that we have this involvement with the aliens that we have. But then again, they do too. Yeah, and you know that's part of part of what I like is um, you know obviously there's there's been uh, these little footprints left from the writing you know and these are honest questions of like how did you get back how did you do this and it's you know and mm-hmm. we've overlooked them and and uh, because we've you know trusted the characters in that way but it's a nice reminder of like oh yeah sometimes <laughs> you got to question it you did go to the moon and how did we get back. Right. That's a good one. Yeah. I like that Tom said, I have no idea. I, I really love that don't moment. Because, yeah, yeah, you can see on his face, he's like, you know, y- you got me. Yeah, great but question. If you weren't there, it does look odd. Indeed. But let's, let's, uh, let, let's start with kind of something that takes place uh, away from most of, uh, most of our characters, and that's Dingham and Cochise, and this, uh, as they call it, the Enigma Machine. <laughs> uh, which, for those of you, if you've seen the Imitation Game, that in itself took two hours just to, just to build and, and, and figure out how to, how to crack that. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting if these guys can crack it a little bit faster than that. 
It looks like it's cracking them. Yes. Well, they're cracking it. It, it looks there's a little give and take for sure. Everything. Who do you? How, how do you think? I mean, you know, uh, we we obviously don't necessarily get too much development other than in the sense of uh, I like the correlation between this is a Steven Spielberg produced show, and it's kind of the Indiana Jones effect of like, all right, let's put something in its place and we'll take this out of here, hmm. and that's how we'll transport it. But ah, interesting. Hmm. But I the, didn't think of that correlation. That was but now first. that you mention it. Yeah, he's on. It's true, something. he is. Yep, yep. <laughs> Brilliance. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it, I just. I like these sort of things, but it, they always irk me because I, you know, this is one of those that obviously we have to wait to see how it fully develops. You know, um, we're we're moving in the right direction now. They're taking it to the um, to the base, the naval base. But oh. I, I mean, just that in itself, like, what's going to happen once they bring this piece of technology, knowing what the episode is all about? Of you know, are they, are they going to be sh- shot on sight for treason of their own? Possibly. That would be good. <laughs> you got a lot of people that are making it a long way on this show. Yeah, you, you want to see some of them taken may out? need to be imminent. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's... man. It'd be sad for the audience, though. <laughs> I'd be so sad if Cochise died. Oh, that would be bad. I would really break my we heart. We already almost lost him. We almost him. lost him. Yeah. I can't take a second. I know. That's a sad one. What is it like to work with Cochise? Cause, I mean, he's, uh, you know, obviously there's Cochise, like his little, uh, you know, the costume his and the outfit. Up. But then there's obviously the person portraying it. And I love Cochise because he's the necessary humor mm-hmm. on the show even today when... You know, uh, Ding goes in for the high five. <laughs> he's still, you know, as much as he's adapted to uh, our ways, there's still humor that he doesn't understand. Oh, Cochise is one of the, the best parts of the show. Um, he's a guy. He's, Doug Jones is in this costume. And Doug is a very slender, tall guy in general. Then you put him in this outfit, and this thing looks incredible. There is a CGI layer that they put on top of him uh. from what we see. But his eyes are just crystal clear you can see into them on the actual costume so when we're talking to him i'm looking at you in the eye right now when i'm talking to coach east i look in his eye but he's actually looking through the nose area so it wasn't <laughs> until this season that we actually got decent at making eye contact with him looking through his nose oh wow yeah. that's and, fascinating and he's just, he understands what's going on but you can't help but look at his fake eye when mm-hmm. you're talking to doug they're beautiful and watching doug eat Oh. Does he eat through oh. the mask? Oh, it's good. He doesn't eat much. He actually doesn't take the suit off all day. Testament to him, he could if he wanted to, but it's a real big process. And uh, so he knows how much he can drink and how much he can eat to where he can make it through the whole day. But at lunch, he's Breakfast slowly must be big, putting huh? into his... It must be. Wow. But then you have to be careful because what comes in is going to have to come out. <laughs> oh, so and we shoot for 14 true. hours sometimes, maybe longer. So he doesn't go to the bathroom all Not day all. long? no. No. Oh, I could it's never do that. Huh? Wow, and he's, he's the sweetest human being. We all love Doug like none other. Mm-hmm. We were on a boat one time. I think it was the finale of the third season. Does that sound right? When we were in the bay on the big charter boat, or the to me the history blends together. Yeah, right. So whenever we're taking out Boston, that one culmination of the city of the season, and uh, he was on the boat and it was kind of rocking back and forth. And he was getting a little queasy. And I was like, oh, oh no. if Doug pukes in the Cochise outfit, it is going to be too good. <laughs> oh, man. That, I don't think you could recover from that. I don't know. I would video it because I video him doing all kinds of things and put it on Twitter. That's Instagram. good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that it's BTS footage. Yeah. yeah that good would be, stuff. That would be funny. And any um, fun stories of, um, of uh, I, I forget his actual name, but Dingham. Uh, let's see. Cause, cause I, I, from a from a character perspective, I like him because I mean his bond with Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love the development of that. You know, um, just because 
you know, when Tom opened up this season of, you know, forget lawyers and blah, 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 you're all now soldiers. And I think what's nice is that obviously arc of, you know, that, that, that in fact shouldn't hold true. Um, and so, you know, Dan, he's, he's great with technology. I just like Yeah, he that. is. Yeah, we always need somebody like that. And he's the one who's lasted the longest. Uh, Trevor is his name. Uh, not Trevor, but Trevor. Trevor. And uh, another incredibly nice guy. But, um, you know, we started out with Uncle Scott way back in the day. And then he didn't make it to season two because we changed coasts in Canada. So, unfortunately, we lost him. And then we had, um, oh, man, what was that character's name? He never wore sleeves. Um. Oh, what was his sleeveless name? John? Sleeveless. We all loved John, him. Yeah, <laughs> as did Lourdes. Um, and then he was replaced by another guy, and then we ended up with with Dean Gantz. We always have to have somebody who can fix things. Oh yeah, it's yeah. a very pivotal part of our show is being able to rig up anything out of absolutely nothing. But he's been the best because uh, he came in last season, correct? And yeah. when we took down the um, the, the pillars, yeah, the power, uh, the, yeah, yeah, the oh, the ghetto, I think we call it. What did yeah. we call it? Yeah, yeah, you guys were stuck in the ghetto, yeah, yeah. yeah and that, that's how you guys kind of escaped. You, you took down the, the electrical fences and mm-hmm. felt like uh, Jurassic Park all over. Yeah, it did, didn't <laughs> it? Yeah, I love how uh, Pope played that stuff. That was fun. Ah, very good. So again, not too much stuff there. It's just more speculation downline in terms of the storyline but but we'll see i mean the, their paths are intersecting obviously matt's mm-hmm. headed back to them and trying to recruit them per uh, colonel weaver's direction so we'll see how that question plays out. how old is matt supposed to be 13 right that's a good question he is a good driver i just got a hand to the kid i don't think he's been through driver's ad but he's just zooming <laughs> he was blazing away on that he's a mason come on yeah we masons just know everything. how to do things naturally last episode we talked about it you got to teach these kids how to do various things yeah. here's a 13 year old yes yes yeah he's a man yeah i like how uh weaver snuck up behind matt to tell him that he's going to go on this little mission he full-on creeps up behind him put his hand Mask. over his mouth yeah <laughs> it's okay it's just me nobody's around but Here's what we want to do. <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa, Weaver, take it easy. Well, that's what made me think something was going on with him. With Weaver? Yeah. For that moment, I was Cut like, uh-oh. Hair. Well, yeah, well, the haircut, uh-huh. that was just good sense. He looks very nice now. He looks now. very he's a good. I would be looking at him um, on set just thinking, that's a good-looking fellow. He really is, yeah. yeah. Uh, but when he did that, and when he stood up and tried to reason with Tom at the end, I thought, did that lady put whatever weirdness she has in her neck into him when they're mm. eating breakfast? When you say weirdness, how would you classify this weirdness? I think that There's she's some got some sort of alien on. bug in her neck. Mm-hmm. Something's going on. Yeah. She's weird. See? She's weird. She's Drew says weird. she's weird. Yeah. She so. is. She, she is. is very weird. And it, but it's just, you know, it's it's the blood. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. But since, since we're on Colonel Weaver, let's talk about this relationship. Let's. I'll let you start. Well, obviously, there's some history there. There's some sexual tension. There were things that went down. They had un... Um, I was going to say unsolved mysteries, but that is clearly not the right use of the term. Unfinished business is what I wanted to say. There's something between them still. Well, there's that one mm-hmm. unresolved mystery, I guess. And what is that? Uh, it's not PG. <laughs> <laughs> something went on between them, because his little giggle when she finds him, mm-hmm. when we're at gunpoint to the ghillie suit guys... That was a glorious day on set, seeing Will play that. I just love watching Will do basically anything, but I like that little giggle that he had of, Katie, 
<laughs> I thoroughly enjoy. But speaking of the ghillie suits, those things are incredible. When these guys were coming out of uh, wardrobe, so a ghillie suits is that stuff you know where they have all the the things dangling from Jeez. them. Snipers have yeah. them and whatnot. So they came out of uh, wardrobe, and I looked at them. I was like, "Whoa! Did we get like the second rate ghillie suits? These look kind of ridiculous." I'm on set. They're already planted. I had no idea. And when they came out of the woods, I was like, "Holy cow!" There was a guy right behind me. Didn't even see him. You could see him if you were looking for him, but if you're just like doing your thing, they blend in incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Were you? What was the first take? Take like where you're like, "Hey, does anybody not notice there's no guys here?" Well, that like, was where, the, where rehearsal, they the rehearsal. was like, <laughs> "Whoa, what the interesting?" Because one guy was just chilling out down there, just hanging out, hanging out thing, in yeah. the leaves, yeah, having fun. Yeah, blended Acting. right in like a little lizard or something. <laughs> <laughs> Lizards love blending <laughs> or chameleons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, indeed, and, and uh, interesting how kind of, you know, when when they first arrive there, he, she says, "I guess you're the commanding officer based on your rank." He says, "No, no, no." Uh, he sort of right initially passes it off to her, mm-hmm. right? And that's the way for the most part that it stays. I mean, he hasn't really uh, retained rank in any sort of way because mm-hmm. it should be him doing the kangaroo court. Well, not the, the court kangaroo court. Right. I love that the courtroom scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah uh, oh, man, but. Yeah, it. it, it um, I, I mean, is he? He says he's not under a spell, but 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 do we buy that, Weaver? Yeah, it's hard to put Weaver under a spell. I think he is just loyal, as that's been pointed out in this episode. And so, who's he more loyal to, Mason? I think or her. I think deep down, Mason. I he hasn't seen this woman for years. So why is he going along with her? Because he still holds a flame for her, and they have history together. But I think that deep down, he knows something is up. Something's weird. I think okay. he's smart enough to know that. What do you think, Drew? I think it's too. Well, you know, I forget. We know drama. <laughs> Boom. You can't say. It's not fair. <laughs> I think it's because he's trying. We need as many people as we, we can get to, right. to make this march on D.C., he has history with this woman. Um, obviously, something was there. Something was going on. And so he knows this woman. He feels like he, I mean, she's proven herself to him. She, he can trust her. And enough things are coming up by the end of the episode. I think we may see a new opinion from him in the next episode. But uh, up to this point, he's trying to resolve as much as he can to keep all sides happy. Right. And I think that was the the line that he's trying to, to, to walk. And that's why he hasn't done more or less. He's trying to keep this allegiance that he has to uh, to make the second mass and the fourteenth a combined group to, to march on DC. And I think that's sensible. That's very smart. You don't have to spoil anything, but in terms of uh, method, do you guys know each other's motives, kind of in advance, or like uh, at least the story arc of various people? And I ask only because you know, in, in terms of that, as you guys are filming this episode, do you guys know how Colonel Weaver's going to act in the in the future episodes, it, or even Katie? You know, like mm-hmm. in terms of what we're asking with with the mark, do you guys know ahead of time of what that actually is, or are you guys are playing in the moment? Right. Um, it really depends. Um, <clears throat> sometimes our scripts come out uh, sooner than later. Sometimes we had one or two in- instances where we got the full script for the first time the night before, and then boom, went in and shot the next day. Um, that's very unusual, but. We usually have an idea where things are going. I always like to not know unless it 
it, it makes unless it makes sense for where the arc I'm trying to make. So like for instance, um, Evil Hal, I wanted to know where I was going so that I could play it uh, appropriately. In but the, yeah, yeah. if I'm doing something and I want to know. Uh, how the Hal and Maggie relationship is going to play out, I don't really care because I'm taking that moment by moment. Uh, and so I don't feel like the need to know how it's going to be resolved. But um, with Katie, I think we did know. Um, but the season that we had the mole, we had no idea who the mole was. Um, even uh, Seychelle, who ended up being the mole, uh, she found out she was the mole. Then they call her back up, and they were like, well, you might not be the mole now. <laughs> we may change some things. And then she ended up being the mole anyway. And I had no idea. The, I mean, we suspected things, but uh, we had we had, we had had no clue who it was. I like it like that. So in scenes, yeah. we'd be looking at each other, and, oh, wow, well, it's uh, fishy. How, how <laughs> is Katie uh, just, you know, I, 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 I didn't write her name down just because this is the first episode, so I didn't obviously wasn't expecting her. Um, but... You know, how was she kind of on set? What was it like to, you know, first time meeting her? Incredibly nice. Um, I love her from the office. Yeah. Oh, my, my God. My sister came to visit me with her friend, and she was like, oh, oh my Jan God. from the office. Yeah. Um, but when you come on to Falling Skies, unless you have already been a fan, you don't. I mean, it's hard to jump into this world and know all the stuff that's going on. So a lot of times our guest stars are quite curious as to, so mm-hmm. what does this mean? Right. So, so and Ishfini or Nishfini. And so there's a lot of interaction we have with people. And she was open to, to hearing everything anybody had to say and just was a lovely woman all around. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, her character is not so nice. Not so nice. No. Or is she? Who knows we yet? Don't know. She's in a two-parter. <laughs> well, Kinda anyone like that's us. against the Masons is not good <laughs> in my book. That's, that's a good rule to follow. <laughs> well, because, I mean, you know, you have even... even um, is his character name LT or is that like uh, Lieutenant? I thought that's why they were calling him that. Am I wrong? Yeah, the, the communications. Um, yeah, Wolf, uh, Wolf. Yeah, Lieutenant Wolf. Yeah. So I mean, he was going against her, you know, and he was spewing to your character. I mean, I, in terms of the military, I don't know how much like you can, uh, you know, shit talk your your ranking officers, but he was going off. And when the when the apocalypse hits, man, it's every man for himself. Right. But yes, he definitely was breaking some protocol, but she is doing some, <laughs> some crazy things. I mean, uh, she's saying that she wants as many people there to help as possible. And we're telling her, Hey, we've got this whole group and we have these people, other people moving in. And yet she's not wanting to reach out to them via the radio. Mm-hmm. A little fishy. A little and she's odd. killing the people that do come in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So she's just. Doing some odd. She's saying one thing, but displaying something else. Oh, saying and displaying. Saying and yeah, displaying. And, and she's, you know, the fact that, um, you know, I, we obviously don't know her full involvement with what happened with Ben, but, you know, whether she gave their orders directly, or it seemed to me like these guys at this point were just so well trained at this stuff that um, it wouldn't even, does, that wouldn't even have to necessarily come to her. It would just be taken care mm-hmm. of automatically. And when you get to that level, it is sort of scary. Yeah. yeah, to, to think I mean, that's oh. just ingrained in these guys that, yeah. that she has taught them to be a certain way, and that's just how they react. Right, yeah. I got that feeling too. They knew it would please her, so they did it, and then they ran to her and said, "Look at the good job we did." Yeah, I mean, that was a good fight sequence too. That was, that was oh. quite brutal, Connor. Yeah, I, yeah, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh hi. Connor said so something strong. quite interesting uh, at Comic Con. They were asking, I think we were all getting a question of like, what was the most significant thing you're taking away from the show? And he said the fact that who he is as a person naturally and who he had to play as Ben are so different that it's mm-hmm. pushed him 
to do things that he would never would have done on his own. And uh, seeing him do that fight sequence earlier tonight, I was so proud. I mean, that's right up my alley. I love that stuff. But I was so proud of him just committing the way he did and making it look awesome. Look like a Jason Bourne fight yeah, sequence. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. What's Connor like as a person? Uh, he and I, he's probably the person I'm the closest to on the show. Um, there's been a few of us, but as you know, a few have been killed off. But uh, by the final season, he and I were like... The two that would hang out, we'd play video games together. Really nice guy, incredibly smart. Um, he's just turned 21, and uh, you'd never guess it. I forget all the time. I feel like he's he's close to my age. Um, but really, really talented fella. He loves working behind the camera, too. He's oh, has yeah. uh, He shot a short film that's going to be in the, the Toronto Film Festival. He starred in another one that's an independent film that is also in, the, in TIFF. And uh, he just booked... The second season of uh, American Crime. Oh, good for him! Yeah, so he's cool. he's one of the the lead characters for their their second season. Cool, that's awesome. Get it, Connor? He's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> good for him. Uh, before we continue, uh, I want to thank one of our sponsors, Mazda, for supporting this show and you know supporting AfterBuzz. So they have a question um, for you at home: Does driving matter to you? Does driving matter to you, Lauren? It does. Yeah, I got to drive. You know what, Drew? I'll tell you. Lauren loves the wind in her hair. When she drives, she'll have the windows down, the wind blowing through her hair. You know, you don't quite get this in L.A., but that's why when she's driving and she can really smell, let's say, some pine trees and fresh asphalt. Oh, oh, yeah. That's a lot of driving to get that smell. Yes. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, once you hit the road and you smell that smell, you know you're in a Mazda. (laughs) That's right. There's no distractions. It's you in the road. So anytime you're driving, just ask yourself, does driving matter to you? Because if it does, they build cars just for you. Because to them, driving matters. And that's Mazda. So thank you for supporting the show, and thank you guys at home for supporting our sponsors. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, so let's let's get into kind of, uh, you know, your storyline now. It's, it's, you know, you're always involved in some sort of love triangle. I sure am. This time, it's not with Ben and Hal and, and Maggie. It's with Isabella... Maggie and you. It's back to two girls, not two guys. <laughs> so we're moving in the right direction, I guess. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I was uh, quite interested when we had the the love square going on, but that was very short lived. And then Ben backed out of it last episode when Maggie crushed his heart, which was quite a sad scene. Yeah, it was. It was a very nice scene, but yeah. Yeah, they did a great <clears> job. <throat> yeah, that's why it hurt. Yeah, I, you know, uh, talk to me about the. The cafeteria scene because it was so it was so intense. I mean, you guys were kind of almost oh. going at each other in a way. Maggie and I, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, um, I mean, the two characters just have so much history, and it's always sort of been the same dynamic of of how as this like puppy dog coming after her and her, you know, scratching his head and, and appreciating him, but then having her own trust issues and, and just being a very private person. So after we got as close as we did when Hal was having all that trouble when, when he was paralyzed and everything, and then for her to then back away again now, um, it's just a, a complicated thing to deal with. So then she almost dies. Hal saves her life behind her back, and Ben offers to put the, the spikes in, and then uh, lo and behold, now the two of them have this attraction to each other. They've just been through a lot. So now that the cards have sort of settled, and this new girl, Isabella, is a thing, but she really isn't a thing. Like, you know, we had one little kiss. 
whoop-de-doo. My girl was, like, telling me we weren't going to do anything anymore, so that happened. Um, but then now her spikes are gone. That was the only thing keeping those two characters apart. So Hal's trying to, to let her know, look, let's wipe the slate clean. You are who I want. You are everything I want. But now you're you're holding back on me because of what you think happened over here when nothing really happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just complicated. But I think, uh, you know, no offense. It didn't. No offense to you. <laughs> no offense. That's not what I got. <laughs> well, no, it's not because it's. When, when I go back to, I believe it was episode one, and when, when he really tells her, like, you know, listen, I love my brother, but I love you more. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing to break his heart for this relationship. That. That, you know, that's when you're really pouring out your soul. In this episode, while while I, I mean uh-huh. they, that was the intention, it still mm-hmm. I agree felt like them. you guys were going. Yeah. Oh no, we like, definitely were. I mean, Hal's a, a stubborn, hard headed guy, and he's yeah. not always the most tactful. But that's where it was coming from. But yeah, well, we were having it out right then because we're not seeing eye to eye. Right. Yeah, I didn't feel. I felt like you two were angry at each other. I didn't think you were going to come back together in that episode. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the episode before, when you first saw her, you're like, oh, crap, I got my new girl here. I got my old girl. What am I going to do? I'm hell. You don't talk like that. <laughs> but, but that's when I I felt like, okay, good. Like, they're going to repair it. He's going to explain everything that happened. But did in your mind, or will we see it at all, did you already have that conversation with Maggie? Or, like, where you tell her, hey, listen, we kissed. It's no big deal. It's all good. And is that why she's angry, or did she just read between the lines? I, she definitely. Oh, I. The way I was playing it was yeah. she read between the lines. Um, it's always funny when we see the cut to see what didn't make it. So there okay. were some looks across the, the the cafeteria, and she's off on her own with Ben originally in that in that oh, scene. Okay. And so I'm sitting there with Catalina, um, who plays Isabella, and. Uh, I can see her seeing me and choosing to not go this direction, to go that direction. And there's just so much of, of that kind of stuff. And I feel like when Hal goes over there to talk, um, there is a lot of misunderstanding. And she's jumping to conclusions, and Hal doesn't deal well with that. Like I was saying, he, he's not always the most tactful. And, you know, she pokes it. Hal and he pokes back and next thing you know they're they're just not happy with but, each other. Did you sit down next to Isabella because in the scene you know you, you sat down with Isabella first mm-hmm. and kind of that what, what was kind of going on there because I, I mean in some sort of way I'm trying to figure out how to best I mean that, that did you think it was going to be innocent or did you in the back of your mind know like this is going to get me in trouble if I sit down next to this girl? Well, because the the one guy I can never remember his name, but he's the he's the he's the, the, punk the mean kid. one is hitting on Isabella and she's trying to get rid of him. And so Hal comes up to tell him, "Hey man, oh, okay. I'm Hal. Good to meet you." And then he does his thing and won't shake my hand. Does the fist bump. So we sort of end up sitting together over that more so than anything else. But I I. I don't know. I mean, you know, they write you into these scenes and you just have to do whatever you can do. But I guess my justification was I'm sitting here with her. You come sit here right here. Ben, you come sit right there. You guys have been doing this triangle thing all the time and you say it's nothing. So this is nothing. I don't know. That's my best justification of it. I yeah, get that. that. That was the second mass table at the, at the cafeteria. Just yeah, no one would so join you guys. We're, yeah. we're in a, a foreign semi-hostile place. Yeah. Well, when and I first know saw how it. loves kisses, so sure. <laughs> you can't hate him. <laughs> Who doesn't? They're nice. 
Um, yeah, I thought when you first sat down with Isabella, I thought you were not you, but Hal. I thought Hal was choosing her at hmm. first, and I then see what you would think that. yeah. But when you explain it that way, it makes sense. You're being the friend who comes in and saves the girl from the creepy guy. Right. All right, yeah. I can get with that. It was not yeah. what I originally saw, but I can get mm-hmm. with that. And you're right. When when you're an actor, you have to justify it with how you act, whatever writing you get. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you have to just justify it. And on our show, we shoot a lot of stuff. Um, in, and that actually is a, a one-shot scene. It's a, it's a one-er. Um, so you're not in real tight on the coverage. And a lot of times, it's funny to hear stuff like that. And it doesn't surprise me at all. But whatever you're thinking as the viewer is what you are going going to display onto our faces as, and read into what we're saying. Right. Whereas on some of these shows, you get in real tight. And you can see that maybe the the attention's not all at the girl and, like, trying to get in there. But, like, you're thinking of things. Um, and it's just a, a style thing. I kind of like it when you get in there real close. But I mean, here's the part, part of it is uh, just by our own nature, uh, her and I, we, we're, you know, we're every week we discuss this stuff. So we, we poke holes into things that sometimes we should, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes on the surface it is what it is. Right. Yeah, but we go deeper. There's nothing wrong with that. Read into <laughs> There's it. nothing wrong with that. I also so. get where your character is coming from because it's like, girl, you've been messing around with my bro. <laughs> Who are you to judge? Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. If they ever kissed, I'd catch them. It was a... Hal could just feel it. Yeah. Two of them were going for a kiss, little lights and spike. Oh, oh I knew it! <laughs> now, speaking of... Uh, we, we talked about uh, Ben's big fight scene, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we got to watch Maggie's fight scene together. Oh. And you were just cheering her on. That This was... I mean, that was a that was phenomenal cool. fight sequence yeah. in general. Yes. And, and that is the creeper guy that, you know, was hitting on Isabella first. Yeah. That, uh, that started this whole misrepresentation that we've been talking about with your character. Screwing everything up. That's right. So to see... it, you Literally. Know, uh, yeah. Disgusting. I wrote hashtag girl power during that scene. The Spice Girls would have been proud. They would have. Because mm-hmm. when she friggin' scissor grabs him and flips him upside down, I said, wow, that when did she become a ninja? Incredible. Okay. <laughs> Who does your fight choreography? That was insane. Uh, Dean Cho does our fight choreography. I can't remember the, the woman's name who was doubling Sarah at that time. But she is like one of the... Uh, she, she could possibly be the best in Vancouver. But she has done some incredible things. For, I... For, I think so. I've never seen a move like that. Yeah, like I said, I was like, "Whoa, she's a ninja." <laughs> <laughs> Here's what it felt to me: it was it was great justification finally to see this guy be beaten up in this way because what he did to Ben with those spikes, oh. I, I mean, it, it, that was brutal, mm-hmm. brutal. Um, so I mean, it, it literally felt like war crimes. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, that was it was nasty. After what happened with you know, because we're just coming off of last episode, seeing what had happened to Maggie. And so that obviously that correlation is there, you know, with her fighting him. So because she knew about it, so it, it was just nice, like cherry on top of this whole thing with him and what he's caused. I agree. I enjoyed it. I did too. <laughs> I like that they're going to work together. She said, you know, we're not going to go out and get martinis or anything. Don't worry about that. But we need to help each other and save each other right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of the the, the theme of the second mass. Yeah. Maybe we wouldn't be best friends outside of this, but we can coexist and we can help each other survive. I, th- I think that'll, uh, we'll see how that develops. That'll be a nice kind of start easing the pain away and maybe bring Hal and Maggie finally back together. Maybe. Ah. Uh, maybe You not. know things. <laughs> not fair. <laughs> <laughs> we think so. I don't know. It, it, 
this is the final season. If we don't end up with Hal and Maggie, I don't know what I'm going to do. I know, right? It's been a long candle burning right there. I feel like I feel like if that's not the case, you're going to go back and make some phone calls. Like, hey, guys, yep. fans are going to flip. It doesn't happen. Hey, let me give you some numbers to call. <laughs> okay, <not>. perfect. <laughs> oh, no. Don't break our hearts. Uh, I didn't give Please. anything away there. No. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the, the major, major event of um, tonight. Which was, you know, the Masons kind of getting held captive. And obviously it starts with Ben, then goes to Tom when, when he starts freaking out. You know, he hears what happened to Ben. And then Hal just kind of, def- by default, gets taken away into this. And then we're off to the, you can call it the kangaroo court or the, the whatever you want to call it. <laughs> court. Any name you want, it'll work. Goodbye, me. <laughs> Um, so, what was, what's the question? Is how how all that came about? I mean, the, the question is, I mean, um, you know, right, the title of the episode is Everyone Has Their Reasons. Mm-hmm. And is this a good reason to do what they're doing? You know, it's a Tom, Tom's biggest kind of appeal in the court is, I hope you guys are writing this down, because when history comes to judge you, you know, you, you, you took us away from the main purpose. Mm-hmm. And so, is what they're doing justifiable uh the 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 naval bases side they're, they're, yeah well you know it is quite confusing as you're watching it because it does seem a bit uh irrational and extreme um especially for the viewers who've who've seen everything that tom mason has has given up and and um all the good that he has done but i think uh it's kind of hard to to explain what's going on if we don't take in the fact of the last frame of the episode of what we see it's that overlord. So I think that shines light onto possibly what's going on. Why, could that have something to do with going? what's going on in the room? Because if it's just a human being talking to another human being and we're just pointing fingers at, I don't believe you can do that. Well, I don't think you can do that either. That seems a bit silly in the apocalypse that we're in right now on the final home stretch. But if you throw in a little alien magic... Well, then I think, maybe you know, I, the, that's what the reason is. It could be, you know, I, I question. Obviously, I would love to kind of know uh, more about the the naval side of it. But you know, they, they've said they they've done experiments on the various aliens with the you know that they've even captured an overlord and what they ultimately find. They found said, it. "quote cut his ass open," and that made me wonder and if they, they fa- actually cut open his ass. <laughs> No, but then they, 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 I loved what they found out about him. You, go ahead, say. It. What I, I think that they said he's a piece of alien. What he, would, he was he, a, he was son of a bitch. Okay, some bitch. They said some bitch. Some I remember. Bitch. I read it on the um, close <laughs> yeah, captioning. I like how you guys have the closed captioning. <laughs> um, I, I was going to say the S word, but then I. Refrained. But it, but it makes you wonder. Like, I mean, have they actually done any actual research with? You know the the aliens that they have captured because it doesn't seem like it. if all they deduced mm-hmm. that he was you know a, a son of a bitch then it's like okay you mm-hmm. don't really seems, know you, seems you like they're hiding behind something yeah yeah kind of seems like they just want to torture them hmm yeah yeah it seems yeah. like they just have real bad trust issues for no real re- I mean they let us all in if they really were that nervous about outside people why they let in this whole second Massachusetts uh, so. I'm like I'm saying. I think that final frame is what is sort of indicative of the whole situation as to why things are so absurd in the end. Because, right. Because to me, it, it just it seems ridiculous that you're in the final stretch. Final stretch or not, you're in the apocalypse. You're just going to kill somebody because of hearsay, right? And three of them who are considered 
supposedly good fighters. It just seems a little out of left field. Yeah. I think the piece in her neck is definitely getting controlled by the overlord. She has some long pauses. Mm-hmm. And some- how does the how does this court work? Because uh, you know, I'm not <laughs> the kangaroo comes in and if he steps on your foot, you're out. You're dead. Is that how it really works? <laughs> no, because you know, obviously, we, we've seen enough um, jury movies and TV shows, and we kind of know how that works. But I'm, I'm wondering the similarities and differences. Is in, this like in that. Judge Judy? <laughs> yeah, it could be. we tried to get Judge Judy to play that part. <laughs> yeah, she would have been and killer. And she wouldn't do it. She wouldn't do it. Um, you know, I have no idea how the, the law goes there. But I do think that um, uh, that it actually was based on what military court is like. Yeah, and, and that's the cool part. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that by any means. But um, it's, just, it's just strange that Colonel Weaver is the only one to kind of stand up. And obviously everyone's... You know, following orders and, and sitting down, and they don't know these people, mm-hmm. so they they wouldn't get up and to, and to speak on their behalf. But it's just it's just interesting to watch, mm-hmm. you know, and, and something different. Mm-hmm. Was it just me, or did Colonel Weaver seem shocked when Katie took the court or uh, the judge position? Did he look shocked? Or is that how it normally goes? Is it the highest ranking official? I think his shot came in with one of the first things that she I can't remember what she said, but I don't think he was surprised that she was in that position, but I think it was, he was surprised of the position she was taking on the situation. Got it. Based on their conversation right before that. Yeah, because it seemed like... I don't remember what it seemed like, but... Well, you said, you know, like, the Katie I know would find the good in people. Mm-hmm. And uh, clearly she's not doing that right now. Right. She's looking for the bad. She's looking... And, uh, you know, that Anne's not involved in this at all yet. So, mm-hmm. I forget, does she know about this or is that in the preview that she finds out? She knows that they're in the brig. They're in, mm-hmm. She knows that they're in the brig. She's yeah, been busy yeah. putting maggots yeah. into a man the whole episode. Those are real maggots. Oh, I had a feeling they and, were. Oh. And I wasn't on set that day, but I heard Good. that they stink real bad. And so they, you know, she had to do it. So that guy had there. to have them on had, his Well, body? there was a prosthetic there. So the, the incision, or the, what looked like was this big wound, was the prosthetic. So it never was actually on his skin. But um, apparently they just kept letting the camera roll afterwards. I don't know, trying to catch the, the magic. And Moon's like, okay, that was long enough. I'm out of here. <laughs> she had to step away. They, ran, they had a, a maggot wrangler. How is she with animal. those seeds? Because she's obviously involved in a lot of them. And for us, those are the toughest to watch. Mm, I'm like, like I, I literally hold myself like this during those scenes. I can't. It's like, it's like I can't do medical. Yeah, yeah, I can't do medical. Mm, or okay. even when the spikes are getting removed, I like I have to hug myself or else mm. I can't live. You <laughs> should have taught me that when I was in the scene. Just oh, no. <laughs> Definitely, it would have helped out a lot. <laughs> uh, I love those seats. I've always thought it'd be cool to be a doctor in real life and on a show. But it was funny back in the first season because uh, obviously uh, Noah knows a thing or two about being a doctor, especially on TV. And uh, Moon would be like, "All right, Noah. So in this situation, what do you think would be the best thing to do here?" And Noah has all kinds of great tricks of different things. He used to actually have a chicken, that, you know, like a frozen chicken, in his refrigerator that would have the skin on it, and he would practice suturing with the chicken. And that's wow. just what he would do. And he got good at it, so he didn't have to continue. But yeah, his ER stories are pretty interesting. Ooh. They had a hard time with continuity with uh, the stethoscope. Because if you're in the scene, you throw your stethoscope on this way. Next scene, you throw it on the other way. Now you have a continuity problem. you got to go shoot the whole thing again. So they would always put their stethoscopes 
left or right, or they had some system to where mm-hmm. you never put it the other way. You always put it this way to not mess up the continuity. Interesting. Yeah. Continuity's tough. It can be. Yeah. I got to say, uh, you know, one of the things I noticed, like, I, I always notice um, acting with food. Mm-hmm. So you and Isabella, when you guys... The, I forget what they call it when, when you just like fake chew. Oh, I get at it. I wasn't faking anything. In fact, that day I was like, guys, you know, I always eat so much food because anytime we're presented with food, I would think that the characters would be very hungry. So I always make sure I'm going to town eating it. And it's like lukewarm. It's like carrots and peas and this weird meat. Yeah, what was that meat? I have weird meat. It looked like it. <laughs> weird meat. But yeah, I, I don't do any fake chewing. Some people do some fake chewing. Not this guy. Not this fair guy. Enough. He's yeah. a real chewer. I eat you it heard all. it here first, I folks. I eat it up. Uh, fair enough. Well, I, I think uh, we've talked about the episode enough. Uh, whatever we've kind of missed, feel free at home. You know, uh, write in the comments. We'll obviously kind of expand. We can take this offline as well. Um, you know, uh, Lauren, Lauren, why don't you give out your Twitter real fast? Oh, okay. At Lolo Logro, L-O-L-O-L-O-G-R-O. And, and for you, it's Drew underscore Roy. Correct. So if there's anything on this particular episode that, that we didn't quite hit, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it, uh, on the Twitter. Yeah. Well. The tweet machine. 80,000 Hold on, Marissa. We're getting into our Q&A. Don't jump the gun on me just yet, baby girl. Don't jump that gun. All Leave right. It. So uh, we've got a plethora of questions specifically for Drew. Um, so let's, um, Lauren, you want to open us up? Sure. Well, I'm wondering, at what age did you decide that you wanted to become an actor? Ooh, that was, um, I'm from Alabama. I'd never been on stage in front of a camera. I decided that uh, since my best buddies were in a band and they were looking to go somewhere, that I'd join them. So we picked Hollywood and I moved out knowing wow. nothing. Wow. I would not recommend that. Uh, it took five years before I booked anything, and that's incredibly lucky. Um, but really, it wasn't until they moved back home that I started focusing because <laughs> we, were, we were having a good old time um but yeah that's uh, I, yeah i came out for absolutely every wrong reason just the glitz and the glamour of it and uh i couldn't be happier being an actor and not because that's that's no appeal at all right anymore. you like telling stories <laughs> i like telling stories <laughs> <laughs> now do you play instruments then you're because you're a, a musician right uh well they were all in the band i okay. was i was the a wannabe actor and um who'd never acted uh <laughs> i can play a little guitar but okay never with the band you got like an matter. e minor c i've got G. the main you six chords good and that's you it play a lot with that yeah you yeah. really can yeah you can yeah we had a uh, one of our parties it was one of the death parties uh i think it was the episode where we lost three people say and uh, Tector and who else was that episode? Anyway, um, apologize for that guy uh, or girl. But um, we we had a party. We always have a party anytime somebody gets killed off in the show. And so I made it a point to learn how to play Hotel California and play it at that thing. And so everybody's singing and cheering along. I can't sing. Um, so everybody else was singing and I'm playing Hotel California and I felt like a rock star. It's a good feeling. To all 20 people, I was like, yes! <laughs> well, speaking of uh, being a rock star, uh, you, guys, you guys just got done with Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit more than 20 people. It was. How, how was that experience? It is one of the coolest. You took away my line because usually I describe it as that's the one weekend out of the year that I feel like a rock star. But even more than that, it's really the one weekend out of the year that I feel like I'm on a TV show. Because um, <laughs> when we're shooting, 
you know, I know what I'm doing. I know that we're doing something that's going to end up on TV and people watch it. A lot of people watch it. And uh, But we're up there in, in Canada, in Vancouver, where it's on a, a small, obscure network, so nobody really recognizes us. And even when I'm back here, I don't get recognized that often. And when I do, it's usually pretty polite and gentle. So I don't feel like I'm on a TV show and, you know, that it has that sort of appeal to it. Uh, but you go to Comic-Con... And it is incredible. I mean, just the one of the biggest rooms I've ever been in, packed full of fans, all cheering. You can make a bad joke, as you've seen me do several times already tonight, <laughs> and people laugh. And it's just the best. Well, what was, any, any bad jokes that you remember? No, I block them out. I don't try to remember <laughs> those things. <laughs> so do you like it when people approach you for an autograph or a picture, or does it kind of weird you out? Uh, it's neither here nor there. Um it really just depends on what it is and how you go about it. You know, mm-hmm. I've never been a fan of, like, people freaking out. But that didn't really happen much anymore. But back in my Hannah Montana days, that was my taste of fame girls. right there. It was crazy. You could, uh, I went to the mall one time and a swarm of girls were, it's like they let out this call. So it's like one girl will see you and there's this squeal that every other girl in that proximity knows somebody's around. And they'll all find you and they just come crowding around and a security guy had to come up to me and say, all right, where are you trying to go? And I was like, I was just kind of hanging out at the Grove. <laughs> Let's go there. So he takes me to Nordstrom or something. And uh, I just thought, wow, that's the that's the craziest thing. Like, I'm just me. I was on three episodes of Hannah Montana. And these girls were just, just wild. I can only imagine what that would be like every single day. Right. But the Falling Skies fans are incredibly respectful. So how would you say the best way to approach you is? What would that be? Just, um, I guess just come up and be like, because sometimes people will recognize you and they don't know what it's from. That's always kind of awkward, but I don't really care. It's just like, hey, man, I know you from somewhere, right? And, you know, you just go, really just just the way you'd meet anybody. Right. Squeal. Can you do an example of what the squeal sounds like for us? (laughs) I I just am curious because you described it so I think you have to be like this tall and and a, a girl, but... I can't even do it. I'm telling you, it's been too long since the squeal happened. My glory days are behind me. I think at least one of the biggest questions for me, it doesn't involve your storyline, but Pope. Mm-hmm. Without going into specifics, are we like just any hint that you can give? Is, is it over with Pope? Do we not see him? We, I feel like we have to. Oh, we have to. Yeah. I mean, that's like the, the biggest nemesis we have aside from the aliens, especially <laughs> now. You know, he's because uh, he always was a, a pivotal part of the group and had good things to say um, from time to time. He, he was always the, the, the truth teller. Sometimes Tom Mason would get caught up in the politics and, and the heart of things, and Pope would always just cut right to the truth, which was annoying sometimes, particularly to to Tom. But um, no, Pope's out there. He's very angry, and we will see him again, and uh, it's uh, it's pretty compelling. Interesting. Yeah. Something to look forward to. Yes. Very indeed. Cool. Um, should we talk about Sugar Mountain? We should. We would love to hear about this upcoming film you're going to be in. It's premiering at the Alaskan Film Festival, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When is that? Uh, That is the first week in December. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we shot in in Seward, Alaska, which uh, when my agent called me that we had the offer for it, he was like, well, one bad thing is it's in Alaska. I was like, wow, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even care if the story's bad. Let's do it. And uh, it turned out to be a, a... pretty fun little story and we, we shot in Seward Alaska like I was saying and it was just the the prettiest most beautiful 
place I've ever been. And we were lucky. It was two years ago. So that was when the East Coast was getting just absolutely bombed with all that snow. But on the West Coast, it actually wasn't that bad. So um, by the end of our six-week shoot, we were losing snow. So we were having to limit where we could shoot. We, we were shooting with a moose one time. Wow. And um, they uh, they apparently shed their antlers or their yeah, antlers. Yeah. And uh, it had gotten too warm for them already. So we have a, a one-antlered moose in our movie. And they're actually very, very mean. They kill more people than bears do. Nope. They can kick you forward and backward. How did moose. you shoot with it then? Was there a moose trainer on there set? There was. He had wow. a shovel. That was, it was like, if he comes too close, I'll, I'll make sure he backs out. He wouldn't hit him, but he would just be like, do this. And they'd be like, okay, okay, we know this guy. Oh, that's good to know if you're ever being with a bear? chased by one. Yeah. You just got to get with a shovel. So the premise is two, uh, two brothers, one girl, and a mountain full of lies. Oh, is that our line now? That, uh, Ooh. I don't know if that I paraphrase. I like so that. Don't, don't, don't quote I'll me 100%. I'll steal it, but that's good. That's good. Uh, so what, what, what does that mean? A mountain full of lies. Um, well, so the premise is, like you said, this is two guys, two brothers, very much like Hal and Ben, and one girl, very much like Maggie. Mm. And once again, dad gummit, my brother goes for my girl. No. So what happens is we start off, dad's been gone for a long, 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 long time. Uh, mom sort of raised us in this Alaskan town. We had this charter boat that would take people out, and so we'd barely make ends meet. Uh, mom has died, and uh, we're just left with us trying to figure out what to do. Uh, lo and behold, my character is a little bit of a playboy, has a good time, and has this huge gambling debt. And then at, at the beginning of the story, our charter boat is taken away. So our uh, our source of income is, is gone. We live in Alaska. Uh, we're not really sure what we're going to do. But I come up with this, what I think is a brilliant idea, that if I pretend to go get lost in the mountains um, and then come back from it, I can write a book about it. It's very much, he, he, um, he talks about the guy who in Utah gets his arm cut under a caught under the, the, the boulder and cuts it off. He decides that if he does this and makes it look a certain way, he can come back and sell the story. So after trying to talk everybody into it, they finally agree to let him do it. But once he gets up in the woods, things don't go to according to plan. Mm. Yeah. And uh, cool. that's when my brother moves in on my girl. Oy. Sounds like quite a situation. You know, I know how to play that scene. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um... All right, and uh, forgive me, I, I didn't write down the the, the website of the Sugar SugarMountainMovie dot com. I believe it is what it is. Sounds or, good. Or Google yeah. it. Yeah, I didn't sure. even know we had a site yet. There but, we go. Uh, yeah. Breaking news: there is a site. Boom! For that <laughs> right Sugar here. Mountain After Buzz TV. Yeah, that's Man. right. That's right. We've broken a lot it. tonight. I'll put it on my Twitter tomorrow. Perfect. And then there. Yeah, there so the people can find it. Yeah. Now speaking of falling skies, we've got three episodes left. Um, why don't we get into some predictions? Laura and I will predict. You don't have to I'd say this. I'd love to hear this. No, no. I've uh, actually, tomorrow I wanted to put out uh, a tweet saying, like, what do you think is going to happen? So, well, this is entertain perfect. me. Um, all right. So we're known for saying that the, the, the previews can be a little bit cryptic. Mm-hmm. Um, there was nothing cryptic about this one. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we've got all the Masons, including Anne, lined up. At gunpoint, ready to be shot at. Now, whether or not they get shot, that remains to be seen. I obviously highly doubt that any of them will get shot. Really? You have that kind of faith? Have we been that weak on killing our characters? I don't think anyone will get shot. I, you know what? Not the Masons. You know, I don't know. There's a lot of Masons running around after all these years. You know what? Here's the thing. Okay, if you're going to force my hand into thinking anyone's going to die, I would guess Ben mm-hmm. only because of the spikes. 
I don't think he. I don't know if he was going to die. It would be because he couldn't live without the spikes. Hmm. So not from gunfire, but from just the fact spike that fire. The, the, the poor procedure. <laughs> fire, yeah. Yeah. lack of spikes. Okay, okay. Interessante. Well. And I and uh, I don't think Pope's coming back next episode, but I think he's definitely back in on eight. No, wait, next. Yeah, yeah, nine. Yeah, right? so next episode is eight. Yeah, eight oh, is coming up. Oh, so he, I would say he's I, back in on nine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we're going to find out about that neck piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's connected to the Overlord, as I stated earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I I also don't think that the Masons are going to die. I think they're going to fight their way out of it somehow. And I think that a little Maddie is going to come through for us with uh, with Cochise and all the other. Gang, that's over there at the at the camp with the device. Oh, the so. whiskey distillery. Yeah, the whiskey distillery <laughs> camp. My favorite kind of camp. That's my kind of camp. Yeah. Unless they're all too drunk to get back. It could That'd make it more interesting. Yeah. yeah. So. Fair <laughs> right. Any anything for us that you can say that we can look forward to? Besides just the great three episodes? Oh, yeah, we have three more. Um, Everything will be wrapped up. People always want to know if is it going to be sort of left open or will we wrap things up. Things are explained as to why the aliens are here and and all that stuff. Um, I have my own spinoff that's happening. Cochise and I, uh, we take off in outer space. So that'll be be next season on on TNT. It should be like nothing to do with aliens or anything besides Cochise is an alien. It should just be like the odd couple with yeah. you two living together in a spaceship. I'd love it. I'd be all for it. Fan fiction. You guys need to write it. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, there's so many questions, so don't forget to um, if you, if you guys tweet your fan theories at Drew underscore Roy. Be sure to also include uh, at Falling Skies TNT. Lauren, what's your Twitter? One more time. You can find me at Lolo Logro. And of course, follow us here at AfterBuzz TV, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Thank you once again, Drew Roy, for, Thank for joining you, us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, this has been a blast. Wish we could go a little bit more, but such is such. Such is such. Next season. Next. Oh, <laughs> it ain't over till it's over. That's right. <laughs> That's right, Captain Weaver. We don't get the answers we want. We're gonna make another season here at AfterBuzz. <laughs> All right, guys. See you next week on another Falling Skies After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 